this sexual walkabout that we've gone on with the podcast, exploring different topics, the sexy homework has been profound, transformative, yeah. right? Like it can be absolutely transformative. Welcome to Two Hot Wives, a podcast where two friends in open marriages explore the exciting world of unconventional sex. Hey hotties, I'm Ams. And I'm Kat, and we're the Two Hot Wives. So tonight, we are revisiting season one. Yes. It seems like a long time ago. It it does, and we started sort of coming up with the concept of the podcast when COVID was like- in, At its height. Yeah, and yeah. there was nothing else to do. We, right? we couldn't go anywhere, and we were bubbling together anyway, so we yeah. had all this time together. Yes, and, and I feel like everything related to COVID- feels like it just happened yesterday and also it happened like a lifetime ago. Yeah, this is when we were still in lockdown. And I remember when we were talking about doing it, just doing a lot of research into podcasts and, yes. and figuring out a format and how did we want it to sound? And then the music, when we found the music, oh my God, I, I got so excited because yeah. I knew like that fit exactly what we were going to do. Yes, yes. And then we started recording. Oh, so hard. It was so hard. It was so hard. We didn't, I don't think we realized it was going to be that hard. Yeah. Well, like the first time we did it, we had the guys in the room. Oh yeah. That was terrible. That was terrible. And we both knew it right away. Like, nope, you guys can't be here when we record. Yes. Sounded terrible. Yes. To observe is to change. And uh, I think just like, you know, they used to have like the ladies only gyms and stuff like it. It matters. It matters. Like we could just be a lot more forthcoming with each other if the guys weren't around. Right. Yeah. Right. And then we, we tried, um, scripting just a little bit more, yeah, that but that good. didn't work at that all. Good. I think we recorded the first episode at least three times. Three and finally times. we were just like, we just, let's just, that's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. We were, we're such perfectionists, yes. but I think that it's our imperfection that makes it a little more fun. What I, uh, f- have found to be really interesting about our very first episode is we chose like the two hot wives use their words right almost <gasps> accidentally yeah right yeah. we wanted a way to kind of share our journey stories our origin stories right and our position in life is like we're moms right yeah and and we're we're appealing to other women who are sort of in that maybe in that area of their lives. And what are we always telling our kids? Use your words. Use your words. Use your words. So it's so basic. Yes. We're even telling our kids to do that. Yes. Right? Yes. And it has basically become- <laughs> Our mantra. The, yeah. The motto of the podcast is use, use, use your, your motherfucking words. words. And it is just like universally good advice. Yeah. Yeah, it is like the one thing that people say to us when they meet us. It's yeah. so great. Oh, I used my words. I used my Yay. words. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the other thing that I think is odd and maybe just slightly sad is it's still hard. It's, it's still hard. It is still hard. Yeah. I, You know, I'll have a new play experience, a new play partner, and decide like, you know what? That was fun, but I don't need to ever do that again. And how often am I going to that play partner and saying, that was great, but we just don't, I, I feel like we had great chemistry, which is what I should say. Right. But that, 
nobody likes to reject no. someone else. Nobody likes to be rejected. Right. No, um, it's still hard. It's still difficult to use my words. And I wish it's, e- I'll tell you, it's easier when you get to edit what you say. <laughs> Wait, you get to edit. That's true. I get to edit what we Anne's say. does the editing. I yes. do the cocktails and the social media stuff. Yes. And yeah. It is a lot easier to be brave <laughs> hiding in my sex room <laughs> in front of a microphone where I can edit what I say and sound polished every like single time. Like we really know what we're talking yeah. about. Yes, but in the wild, I get just as tongue-tied as everybody else, and I still find it hard to say no. And, you know, part of the the way that I handle that is I just, I only play with trusted partners. Like, I I don't, you know, I'm not super into, like, anonymous sex, but, like, right. it's even harder, right, if you're in a oh, giant because your friends, playroom. Your friends. Yeah. They don't want to reject your friends. Right. Well, what I was saying is, like, it's even harder if you don't know your partner very well to right. like, actually, maybe, you know what? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's easier to be like, no, dude, I don't fucking know you. Don't like lick don't my touch ass me. or whatever you're doing. Right. Like, no, I think it's harder. You may actually, maybe harder is not the right word. More complicated, right? Yeah. Because we we have a big group of friends right now. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I, I like everybody. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily want to fuck everybody. No. Not everybody wants to fuck me either, but. They do. They all want to fuck you, Kat. You can brush your hair in no. front of the mirror and be like, they all want to fuck me. No. She's joking. But they kind of do. Anyway. <laughs> fuck you too. Well, I know that. <laughs> yeah. But getting back to using anyway, your words. Yes, using my words. Yeah. So, you know, if you have a, a play experience with people that you know and you're going to see again lots of times sometimes coming up with the right words is harder yes but also more necessary because you can't just ghost them that's right we're all friends and more important it's better to be direct you're wasting their time too yeah bad news does not get better with age right bad news is like fish it's not wine well and truly chances are if you weren't feeling the connection maybe they weren't either so, yeah, although sometimes you have a play date and they look like they had an amazing time and maybe you look like you had an amazing time too. Are you a big faker? I'm not. I, so I, so I, like hand on heart, I do not fake orgasms right. ever. I'm a reform anymore faker. Because we don't have to. Right. So I will not fake an orgasm. And, and honestly, I almost always have an orgasm yeah. in a play experience because I, I do ask for yeah. what I want and, and I know the ways to, to get there. And my partners usually are bringing some skills to the table. So that's not the issue. It's just like attraction. You know, sometimes it's there and sometimes or connection. it's not. Yeah. So I, I only play with people when I've found our connection. That's like my thing. I'm like, how do you and I fit together? And we'll have lots and lots of conversations and maybe it'll be over a book. Maybe it'll be over like that we did speech and debate in high school or maybe it'll be <laughs> whatever. Because that is. comes up in everyday conversation when you're talking to Ams. <laughs> no, that's, that is out. a true example. But like, so I always look for the connection. The attraction is really fucking elusive for me. It just takes a long time for it to build for it, me. It is. I don't understand. I guess I don't get that part because it is the attraction at first, that makes me sort of seek out that person and want to talk to them more. And I will say, as I get to know people, their personalities, I think we've said this before, make them either more attractive or less attractive. So sometimes I'm not super attracted to someone at first, but I see them a lot. And even when you 
watch someone interact with other people. Yeah. You can see how, how they smile and how they talk to people and they become more attractive as time goes on. Right. And then you look at them and go, you are super cute. Yeah. And then I start to talk with someone more and I get to know them more and then they start to sparkle. Yeah, I say that a lot. His eyes sparkle. That is the thing. Mm -hmm. They start to sparkle a little bit. And if I'm feeling it, I I will flirt with them. And if they flirt right back with me, mm -hmm. I'm that's my connection right there. Yeah. So I think the way that your brain processes attraction is is the more normal pattern of behavior. Are you saying you're abnormal? <laughs> Non-normative. Um, you are non-normative. I am non-normative. <laughs> I mean, I would say like I'm not. I'm not going to fuck anybody that I don't have a connection with. Right. Well, so so I'm exploring the label of demisexuality, and somebody who's demisexual does is not really capable or has very limited capacity to feel these primary levels of attraction. So if you've ever like seen a dude. And you're, and you, he walks by and you smell him and like, you just want to climb him right mm -hmm. in that moment. Like he really does it for you. It's like a lightning strike. Mm -hmm. That's like primary attraction based on physical appearance, smell, sort of very initial superficial type characteristics mm -hmm. that you immediately feel attraction for them. For me, that never happens or very, very rarely does that happen. And so I will build a connection and a, often a friendship, but I don't actually start to feel attracted to them until often it's after we've had sex a couple of times, which is weird. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, it's, rough. It's, it's kind of weird and it makes for some well, awkward first dates. let me have sex dates. with you to see if I'm going to be attracted to you at I all. Know. It's, it's, I know. Hmm. I'm like kind of grappling with it. Like, cause Are you sure you got the definition right? Demisexuality is I'm gonna on- I'm going to that up again. It's on the ace spectrum. It is I thought like, it was more like um, I I don't have sex with anybody. I'm not emotionally attached to that. So that I thought demisexuality yeah. is like I really have to like vibe hard with you before I want to have sex with you. And maybe that's actually true. Mm -hmm. That the way a demisexual feels, they're just not going to have sex with someone until they've built up that attraction, which could take years and years and years to build it up. But I'm just a... You're saying after you have sex with someone. Only, well, I can build it over time because sex is an incredibly effective way to bond with someone. Right. right? But that's that's different than attraction. I don't... To me, attraction is like, hmm. Yeah. I don't feel that until we've slept together a couple of times. Then how do you know who to do? Huh? How do I, you know who to pick? I make sure they're really cool dudes. I mean, that's <laughs> it. I make sure they're really cool dudes and like we have a connection and we're friends and then, like, if we sleep together enough times, like, boom. Then you're like, it will oh, hit. you're actually good looking and attractive. Right. And, and okay. so here's the thing. They're objectively attractive, right? And we can talk together mm -hmm. and we can have a good time. But, like, will I, like, physically want to sleep with them? No, not until we've slept together for a while. Okay. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. I'm like, like I usually, processing it. I'm usually not getting there until I'm, I've got all the pieces. I'm not. I'm attracted. He's super fun. He's funny. He's confident. He sparkles at me. Yeah. He flirts with me. Yeah. Then I have sex. Yeah. The, it, well, I build that connection. 
It just takes me a really long time to get there. And you got I, it backwards. I have it backwards. You have it backwards. But if I were to wait until I actually, oh, I, would never, never I would never have sex with anybody. So that's what I do. And what I, a leap of faith. It's yeah. <laughs> this is why you're taking a leap of faith every time you have sex with someone. Yeah, but you know what? It's it's a combination of just like taking the pussy off the pedestal. It's like it's just sex. And it's usually fun. And usually I get a lot of pleasure out of the experience. Just like it takes a long time for me to build the attraction, but I don't always have to have the attraction to have sex. Yeah, it's weird. That is really interesting. I did not know that about you. Yeah. I I it is something How I'm, have we never talked about this before? That's crazy. I you know, I a lot of it kind of um has come to you recently. It's come to me really okay. recently. And I've spent a lot of time and effort developing desire mm -hmm. and focusing on really reaching my like desire potential, pleasure potential, creating really ideal context, knowing what mm -hmm. physically I enjoy. But desire is like an interest in sex and pleasure. And attraction is like wanting to do those things with a particular person. So they're not exactly the same thing. And I have lots of desire at this point. Like I've worked very hard to like want to do the sex a uh -huh. lot. And I do. I think For about me, it all the time. It's completely integrated. Yeah. I, yeah. Like when we set up an experience, I'm already thinking in my head, like, who do I want to be in that experience with yeah. me? Yeah. Or I'm thinking, these three guys are amazing. Yeah. What should I do with them? I know a cockapalooza. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like the 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 attraction to the person. Oh yeah. Comes before I think of what I want to do with them. Oh, and trust me when I say when once the desire gets there, like I'm I'm all in. I want to devour that person. Right. It just takes a really long time for it to build for me. Which cool. is okay. How fucking amazing is it that I live in this day and age and, and have this amazing partner who's supportive of me and like of how or you can explore all of these. Things. Yes, that I can explore yeah. all of these things and I can be really picky and change my mind and like change my philosophy on a daily basis. And he's, and he's like, okay, let's, well, let's do that today. <laughs> um, yeah, because there's been he a lot. Has, he has uh, given up to the idea like. It just is what it is. Yes, he's kind of really know. fucking sad about know. it. <laughs> and I keep telling him, it's context. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, of course it changes every day. But it's, it is not just the context. It's not just the desire part. It's right. also the attraction part. And, and, you know, when we talked to Emily Nagoski and that's season three, and we'll talk about that later, we talked about asexuality and, and about attraction versus desire, but I didn't pick up on it mm. at the time. So it's only, in thinking about it more that you can separate out those two and say, you know, sometimes you can have crazy attraction, but not actually have a lot of desire. You might have a really low libido. In this case, I've like done everything I can to amp up my libido and my desire, but I still like the attraction is really, really fickle. Okay. So back to like the episodes, let's yes, talk about one. some of the episodes. Okay. So what was, what was that episode that was like one place when we did it, but now you're in a totally different place or you've had Ooh. sort of a, a big change from, from that time? Yeah. That's a great question. You know, I would have to say the episodes on first dates and play dates, mm -hmm. that philosophy has changed a lot for me. I, I can see that. I think for both of us. Yeah. We've, we've, we're in a totally different world now. Yeah. If you listen to those episodes, we're talking about typical Cold. process for setting up a first date 
in the lifestyle and then the follow-up dates and the play dates. And those are cold dates. Like you've never met them in real life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's completely cold. So that's a totally different experience than what we're doing now. Yeah. You know, and I still think our advice was good in those And we still have first dates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just, we know them a little bit better now. Right. That's true. Like we don't have that many first dates coming off of an app or a you know, a lifestyle dating website. Usually now, because we've built this social club, we kind of encourage people to hang out with the social club, get to know people better, get to know us We have a lot of events and meet and greets. And so we're meeting people all the time. And so you start to talk to people you're attracted to and you plan a date from there. Right. So yeah, so our typical first dates now, if we do them is more like this is us. This is our philosophy about swinging and sex and like journey story and that sort of thing. But it's not as much, you know, at the time we're like, this is an audition for sex, right? You're basically, you know, weighing each other up and trying to decide if you want to sleep together. You are going to build no attraction in that period of time. (laughs) (laughs) No, for me. Yeah, no, that's right. It's not going to happen. Not even connection. Not even. Yeah. 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 So um, typically the second date is the play date. date. Yeah. And we found that really difficult. Yeah. I I found it very hard to navigate. Um, and, and, and I still think lots of people swing that way and Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with it. I actually think it's a, it's a pretty good model for kind of traditional swinger couple that are looking for the four way connections. They want to have kind of the group sex experience where they're all together in a room. And so that first date then go to the second date play date, I think is a really good model for, for people who want to swing that way. That's just not how I swing anymore. (laughs) Well, and it's great to know that we can do it any way we want. Sure. That's right. One of the things that I've learned through all of this is there is a lot of dogma around monogamy. And and it's so liberating when you sort of leave it, this idea that you're going to find the one true person who's going to meet all of your sexual needs. All the time. And also all of your emotional needs. And it's like happy ever after and no problems. And and that's it. That's the end of the story. And that's just not how- That's not reality. Working marriages work, right? Right. Um, So to to kind of accept the fact that even if you're in a monogamous relationship, you will probably feel- uh, attraction or desire to have sex with people outside of your marriage, even if you never act on it, right? It's Mm -hmm. just normal. It's not like those feelings magically disappear once you find the one. And, you know, there's just a lot of like limiting language and and thoughts around monogamy, but then you join swinger communities and you realize there's also a lot of dogma and narrative Mm -hmm. around like rules, what swinging should be. Exactly. You know, you'll meet couples who are like, we're not okay with kissing because it's too intimate. I'm like, that's weird. Like, I, I mean, that. and that's why like, everybody can have right. whatever boundaries they okay, want. Okay, I'm sorry, you said it was weird. Yeah, but, but I, you know, so I think for a lot of swingers, the the goal is no strings attached sex, right? And that's okay. You can work toward that. A lot of them will say like they don't see the same couple more than. Three times or yeah. something like that. Yeah, they'll follow the slut protocols right. to make sure there are no feelings involved. And, you know, there's a lot of limiting narratives in the swinger culture as well. And as the relationship between us and the misters formed into something that looks a lot more like Polly. Yeah. yeah. Um, or Swally. Swally. It's, it probably is technically Swally. swally. Then I started to 
connect more with people in the polyamorous community and they have their own sets of extremely limiting narratives and they frown upon things like relationship hierarchy or treating anybody uh, as, you know, not an equal partner in the polyamorous relationships or, or some of them don't even, you know, condone any kind of open polyamorous relationships. Like they're, they're basically like monogamy with lots of people. (laughs) So I like that we kind of sit in the middle of those. um, It's Swally. It's Swally. Yep. It really is. Yeah. Because what we have, the four of us is really close and really special, but we have a lot of great friends that we also (laughs) are really cool and special and we have a great time with. So Yeah. Yeah. It works for us. Probably doesn't work for for everybody, but I really like that we've kind of, you know, charted our own path on this and uh, and hopefully it inspires some people to explore, you know, maybe building little networks in their own communities. Yeah. Or or figuring out taking, you know, whatever rules and boundaries from the different subcultures that work for you and for your partner if you are if you do have a primary partner and and leaving all the ones that don't work for you right why are we going to abandon monogamy for something that's just as restrictive right and has just as many rules yeah but not 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 the ones that work for you and your partner right yeah only do the ones that work for you and your partner for sure so how about you what from season one do you feel like you've really maybe shifted your thoughts on impact play. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, the whole um, BDSM thing. Yeah. You remember in season one. Yeah. I wasn't too keen on it. In fact, yeah. we, I had some real issues with it and it was hard. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't know that I had those hangups. Like I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that that's what it was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So having to examine that, you know, was interesting, but here I am after season three. Yeah. CNC. Yeah. My favorite fucking thing of the whole season. (laughs) Oh my God. It was so much fun. It was so fun. (laughs) Yeah. But the, the having to just sort of think of it in a different way, work through what I was feeling. Yeah. And I was able to take that back. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I've had so much fun with letting go of control. Yeah. I was not one that would let go of control. Like I did not want to be struck. I like being restrained. Yeah. yeah, I've, yeah. I've always liked that. But I'm also kind of in control in those situations. Like I'm not giving up complete control. Right. It was almost more of a, a game or, yeah. you know, a little bit of a pretend. A yeah. 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 But this was different. So. Thank you for yeah. helping me to embrace that. Yeah. Because it's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's so sexy. Yeah. And actually to give up control, you feel it's not the other person who's being taken care of. I'm being taken care of in that situation. Yeah. And I don't have to think about anything. It was it was sexy. Yeah. Yeah. It that is that's so awesome to hear. And uh, I was re-listening to Impact Play and then the the follow-up episode, the triggers yeah. episode, and thinking how how far you've come on that issue yeah. and just how like therapeutic and healing sex can be. Yeah. If you feel like it's consensual, it's wanted, 
it's something that you that you're really curious about and you explore in these spaces with trusted partners like sometimes the experience is just so healing yeah. and powerful and you're like it sets you on this very different path from that point on right well and i really didn't open up to mr cat a whole lot about that time in my life mm-hmm. he knew it he knew about it you know but i didn't really I don't think I really explored my feelings about it and how how much it affected me. And I, I don't think I realized how much it affected my my sexuality. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just opened up a lot of conversations between Mr. Cat and I, which was just so good for our marriage. That's awesome. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, this like sexual walkabout that we've gone on with the podcast, you know, exploring different topics, the sexy homework that it has been profound, transformative, Yeah, right? Like it can be absolutely transformative and uh, forcing a accountability with the sexy homework and stuff. It forces us to be really brave. That's really cool. Unexpected. Yeah. I, I never thought when I was getting into this, I, I just never, I tried not to think about that time in my yeah, life. Yeah, so yeah. I wasn't thinking about its effect on me. But just so you know, as traumatic things that have happened in your past affect you no oh, matter what. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah Even yeah. if you think you're you're good. That's why therapists are yeah, still in business. Okay. So so what else? What, what else from season one? I have a question for you about the dress up episode. Do you remember okay. we were talking about like how to dress nice for play dates and also like theme parties yeah. and stuff. And that's always been more your thing yeah. than mine to dress up and to also do the themes. Do you have the same level of enthusiasm for dressing up and theme parties now as you did back in season one? I have to say probably not. Yeah. Yeah. So going to Desire in the very beginning was really fun because it was novel and you could make these costumes and they were sexy and I've never been able to experience that before. Right. So I'm bedazzling the shit out of everything. I mean, I I will put together costumes. I know the pieces are going to go great and I just buy a bunch of separate pieces and put it all together and put a lot of work into it. Yeah, Um, yeah, I don't do that much anymore. I did for... Dirty Disney was my favorite costume. That was, you looked amazing for Dirty Disney. But I really don't put as much into, I I try to find things that are going to go together easy. I don't, I don't bedazzle anything anymore. All the bras and things that I've bedazzled, I saved, but, and a little bit, you know, the, the, the themes are done over and over again. So it kind of gets a little boring after a while. Yeah. I think Desire needs to come up with some new ideas. Yeah. Swingers love the we theme love parties. Like I probably am invited to a theme party at least once, once a month. A month. Yeah. And the vacations always have theme parties and stuff. And I, I've never I never thought they were silly. And I absolutely adore that when people get together, there's like a suspension of disbelief and everybody mm-hmm. gets really into the theme. And so nobody feels silly, right? Because there's always yep. that fear. I love it. I'm still getting into it. Yeah. I'm just not gluing right. sequence on anything anymore. <laughs> you, don't have it. you don't have time for that. You got a podcast. That's right. Okay. So I want to ask you um, about role play. Yeah. If you remember in the episode um, Mr. Ams dressed up like a T- <laughs> TSA agent. TSA agent. I, I re-listened to, we re-listened to the episode so we yeah. can prepare for this 
episode, and I was laughing my ass off still. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Thinking of him uh, stuffing a pillow in his <laughs> uniform so he could look fat. Yes. <laughs> he wore a fat suit. He did basically wear a fat suit. Because that's sexy. Uh, and you know I, what? He was really committed to the I know. role. Yes. Yes. That episode still cracks me up. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Have you guys done anything close to that lately or or something, you know, with a different sort of more sexy vibe? vibe. Have you done much role play? Yeah. You know, the answer is no. <laughs> uh, I think, and and this was true at the time that we did the episode, like, I used to love role plays because it was the only time that I could put my own hangups aside and, and be this other person, this other persona. And, you know, there was in, in some ways it's kind of like submission mm-hmm. because I just had to accept I'm it wasn't a, you. Right. I'm a slutty slut who got pulled over by a cop and has to like give a blowjob to get out of a ticket or whatever it is. Like, and, and I'm just going to play the role and, and then I can pretend to have someone else's desire and actually really experience it when I would never ask to do those things myself. So it's really like a very important part of my sexual journey. Mm-hmm. But still, by the time we got to the podcast and, lifestyle. I had figured out more and more the things that I liked. It was getting easier and easier for me to ask for those things. I so didn't need all the costumes and the story and the um mm-hmm. so I don't we don't do a lot of role play. I do uh, a fair amount of power play with Mr. Ams and with a couple of partners who are kind of into that. It's not we're not, it's not an elaborate story. No, and we're not taking on a role. Right. It's sort of just accepting the fact that my partner has all the control in the mm-hmm. moment. And if he says, like, put your hands above your head and leave them there, that I just have to do it. And so these kind of little scenes that you know, can be super, super sexy. They can happen anywhere. They don't require a lot of like equipment or costumes or makeup or fucking high heels. Cause every single role play <laughs> seems to involve like five inch heels. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's just, it's really pared down kind of mm-hmm. experience, but I find those really, really hot. Mm-hmm. And so we will like fantasy talk with each other or power play talk with each other, but not, we have not revisited the TS. <laughs> Say agent role play. <laughs> Is it something you guys do? Or do have you done it much since the episode? Not really. Just the the CNC episode yeah. was yeah, really yeah yeah yeah. That was definitely like a, role. a role play. Yeah, and that was mostly Mr. Cat taking yeah. on a role. Oof. I I was still me. Yeah, and I was thinking, who the fuck are you? Right. <laughs> Is this man? <laughs> Who is this person? Yes. That was probably the most like intense role play yeah. I've ever done. Yes. I, I was still me. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. But we haven't fun. really done a, a lot of role play besides that. Yeah. But I did have fun with that episode. Oh, yeah. Because if you remember, like I've never done role play. Yes. It was not right. my thing at all. Yeah. And I was trying to, to get up the nerve to do it. Yeah. And then when I finally did it, it turned out to be really fun. Yeah. And I, I did it so simple because it was sort of, oh, I need to do this. I need to do this. Yeah. yeah, yeah it turned yeah. out great. So. Yeah. Which I, this is a like a universal lesson in li- listening to the podcast, like this little theme of like cat simplifies the sexy <laughs> homework. And oftentimes that is the way to go. Like I need to stop over engineering the homework yes. sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes simple is way better yeah. for sure. I have a question for you, and okay. I don't know if you're going to want to answer this. Oh, okay. 
So I was listening to the house party episode. Oh. And we have learned a lot. A lot about house parties. Since then. Mm -hmm. And and we've gone into it in other episodes. But that episode was about the accidental orgy and the like eight person Mm -hmm. house party that kind of turned into this roving orgy. Right. right. (laughs) And my question is, do you like group sex experiences? Hmm. Interesting that you asked that question because we've been thinking about this lately. It seems that I probably do not yeah, I, like group sex situations. Yeah. Yeah. Because I tend to freeze up a little bit mm-hmm. during uh, more than two couples. Mm-hmm. And I did not realize this. This is something Mr. Cat observed. I love going to the the parties. I love dressing up. I love flirting. I love all of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But when it comes down to you and me going to a room to have sex where other people are going to walk in and other people are around and doing things, I can't, I don't like it. I don't really like it, I guess. So I've done it a couple of times and I, there's only one, one party that we've had where I played and really had fun and didn't think about it. Right. And that was Dirty Disney. Yeah. I don't know what, maybe you were, maybe you had uh, thrown around some pixie dust or something. Maybe I was under some kind of spell, but that was the one time, actually, that's not true. Now that I'm thinking about it, I had a really good time in Texas too. Right. Yeah. We had a nice little orgy in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, for the most part, I don't like group sex situations. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not great with house party sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sex in front of people that I don't know, or yeah. I'm not sure who's going to be. I don't know what the issue is. Yeah, something in my head is like I hear people coming in the you know up the steps, and I immediately are like, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it, I have noticed this about yeah. you recently. Yeah, yeah, this was Mr. Cat actually talked to, talked to me about it because I didn't realize that that was what it is. But yeah, just recently. You know, we were in a situation like that and everything was fine. And then all of a sudden I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I'm feeling really mm-hmm. um, warm. Like, like, <laughs> like I need hot. air, I guess, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and, and we, Mr. Cat and I just went on our, our, on our own for a little bit and I'm fine, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. but for some reason I just, I get a little overwhelmed. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So a I- six them or eight them is not my thing. Yeah. Is that, is that the conclusion you've reached? Like, it's just not your thing? Or do you feel like you have, you need to like set up the context better to enjoy it? And either answer is good, is good, right? Yeah. Well, there are times when it's fine. Sure. So clearly it's not, you know, completely. It's not universal. Yeah. So I don't, I can't, I don't know what it is exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it works <laughs> great, really great. I guess the thing is, if I'm going to have an issue, mm-hmm. it's in those situations. Right, 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 right. And it's not the people because yeah. these are couples that I have been with previously yeah. and had fun with and would be with again yeah. and, and had made plans. And I don't know. Uh, it's fine if it is an issue. You don't have to like I don't have things. to like everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the whole point of trying to figure out what it is we like that's and, right. and making experiences that fit into what we want. Yeah. So... I don't know that it's something I got to fix. Right. No, not at all. I think you only have to fix it if you want to fix it, right? right? It's like, gosh, I'd really, like, I love the idea of this. I'm curious about the idea of this, 
but it scares the crap out of me or, or, you know, whatever it, it is. It doesn't scare the crap out of but me. I don't, don't have it, want it. I don't have, um, like anxiety going into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not thinking like, uh oh, what if this doesn't work or what if I'm, I don't, I don't have any of these thoughts going into it. It's right. just in the middle of it, something. I just want to go get some air. I want to, I want to go over here for a while and make out. I want to do something different. I don't know. Maybe it's the progression of, of maybe it's just not being in control of it. I don't know. You know, it, right. I just observation. Yeah. I don't think you like group sex. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I just don't like it. Yeah. Well, and, and like you said, at the beginning of this sexual walkabout, and I'm hoping some of you are inspired to, Try new things. Try a bunch of new things. Do all the things. Oftentimes, I think you get to the end of that journey and you look back and you said, okay, A, B, and C was really fucking fun, but these other things just don't do it for me. I tried it once. It was okay. Maybe I tried it twice just to make sure. Mm -hmm. Not really my thing. Or maybe you could be like me and try it like eight times. Yeah, like for (laughs) a few years. (laughs) (laughs) Before Um, you figure it out. You know, when we first started... Mm-hmm. When Mr. Cat, before we even knew you guys, there was sex clubs and there was sex parties. Mm-hmm. And we went to some of those and that's what they did there. Right. So, you know, I, I kind of had this idea that that's what you do. Right. And if I'm going to embrace this lifestyle, then, I'm, then this is part of it. And I was trying to embrace that part as well. And then we have these great parties. Yes. And here I'm, I'm hosting a party, a sex party. And um, that's what I'm supposed to do. And I, the first party we had, I didn't do anything. Right. I just mingled and had fun. I loved it. I had a great time. I did exactly what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Now I figure I go to a party to have a good time, to meet new people, to flirt, to dance. And I make out, I'll make out with someone. I kiss someone that I like, but I just don't want to go off into a room and have sex with everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. You don't have to do all the things. Right. Sexy buffet. So one of the episodes from season one that I think we should talk about is erotica. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about erotica. So in the beginning, I had, I didn't have a lot of experience. You had to like tell me which books to start <laughs> yeah, with, yeah, yeah. You know, which books yeah. to read. And that was really fun. But fast forward, we have started our own Naughty Book Club. We did. Which I love. Yeah. It's really fun. Yes. It's Ladies Band Book Club. Yeah. We've got about 15 members. Not everybody comes to every meeting. We do it yeah. like once every two months. Yeah. The host gets to pick the book and it's naughty, naughty. Yes. Yeah. So most of them are full length novels Mm -hmm. and a lot of them are dirty, dirty erotica. But I also like there's sort of this new genre that has come out since Fifty Shades of Grey Mm -hmm. where it's really more romance than erotica, Mm -hmm. but or it'll be sci fi. But like the sex scenes are just on fire. Yeah. In fact, there's this one series that I am in the middle of right now and it it just like set my panties on fire. It is crazy, crazy hot. I've not heard about this already. I've sent you a link to the book, but it was a recommendation from one of our friends who's in the book club. The, I can't remember the, the author is Sarah J. Mass. And the first book is A Court of Wings and Ruin. And there's like a court of thorns and something else. It's all a court, a court. And uh, it's sort of this fantasy, 
human land, fairy land. It's super fucking hot. And the sex scenes are amazing, but it's also like really well written. So I'm absolutely loving that huh. right now. That would appeal to me. Yeah. I, I kind of like the the sci-fi or the fantasy stuff. Yeah. I'm not into vampires. No, this has but, no vampires. But, yeah. Okay. That sounds good. No vampires. No vampires, but fairies. There are fairies. Okay. But sexy hot fairies. Sexy hot not, fairies. Not like Twinks. Like super Lord hot of the too, Rings but, fairies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, what's it? Like Orlando Bloom fairies. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I can yes. Do that. Imagine Orlando Bloom just like just ravaging <laughs> you. I could imagine that. Uh-huh. Yes. So that's a really good series. And then uh, a listener just recommended two books. I have not read them yet, but I'm going to go find them. It's called How Not to Fall and then How Not to Let Go by Emily Foster. So I'm going to check those out as well. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll look around for some other good book, good sexy, books. naughty, spicy book recommendations. And if you have any, I am always looking for a new book. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely write us and let us know what books you're reading. Yes. All right. So that's season one. That's season one. It was fun to re-listen. I hope that that y'all are re-listening to 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 season one if you have some time because it's a, we've come a long way. We've come a long way. Yeah. It was fun. It was it was good to hear it. All right. So when we uh, come back, we will revisit season two. And if you have any questions about season two topics that you would like to ask us shoot them our way and we'll do our best to answer those as well. All right, then we'll see you next time. So that's our show. Thanks for swinging by. And don't forget, you deserve great sex. Now go get some. If you love the Two Hot Wives podcast, be sure to subscribe. And if you really love the show rate us or give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thanks for listening. I we may be cutting all of this out cuz it's a it's like something I'm really grappling no, with. No, I think it's super interesting. I think you should leave it in. Yeah. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. This yeah, yeah. is what we should be doing more of. Yeah. Like I don't know anything that you're talking about and now we're talking about it and it's genuine. That's true. That's true. I think this is all good stuff. Mm-hmm.